This is Sound and Vision on KEXP. I'm Emily Fox. KXP's production manager, Jackson Long, has published a booklet called Hiding in Plain Sight, Studios of Seattle and Tacoma. In it, he features nine studios in the area that you'd likely miss if you drove by them. I caught up with Jackson recently to have him walk me through each of these studios and the stories behind them. The first studio is called Audio Recording Inc., and it was the first studio of Seattle engineer Carney Barton, um, who was an engineer in the 50s starting in the 50s, really through the 2000s in Seattle. And I think someone that we've actually featured on Sound and Vision We before. have. I, I, I remember we did a, a feature on him, I think, in 2019 or 2020. And he seemed like such a character. I mean, he worked with so many Seattle artists. And he was like, yeah, he always had, like, had cats in the studio or something like yep. that. Like, he was just like a really interesting dude. A legendary uh, oatmeal cookie recipe, which which resonates with me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and remind us who all he recorded with. Anywhere from the Sonics to the Kingsmen to Dave Lewis. Uh, he was also like an excellent technical engineer. So he recorded orchestras, speeches, community groups. Um, I think he even released uh, a record of JFK's speech when he came to Seattle, stuff like that. So, yeah, it was really all across the board. Yeah, and so he ran, so this is Audio Recordings, Inc., and that was uh, on Denny Way in Seattle. All right, so then um, next up is Wiley Sound Studios in Tacoma. Tell me more about this, this place. Yeah, so this is like also following the Sonics thread. They recorded the album Boom there, which was next uh, in their discography. And I was always fascinated, like, why why did they end up recording this in Tacoma? And what's this Wiley Studios? The thing that blew my mind about this is my parents live in Tacoma. I finally found an address for this studio, and it turns out that it's three blocks from their house. Oh, wow. In basically a residential area, but you look at this building and you think, okay, this this had to have been something at some point, and and it was a studio, so it's now a duplex apartment building, so to speak. And the man that ran it was named Bill Wiley, and he died pretty tragically when he was a young man in 1973. But in a car he, crash in a car crash, yeah. And he, but he basically like his bread and butter was country and western music, and he had two labels, one called Wasp and another one called Stacka. And recorded just some really great sounding country western music coming out of Tacoma, but then also recorded the Sonics and the Whalers as well. Hey little girl, what's the matter with you? Don't you like the things I do? You're a frown, I've been shot down. The next on the list is um, London Bridge Studios, and this is, gosh, they've so many artists have recorded here, and what I find interesting is it's not located in Seattle, it's in Mount Lake Terrace, which is like a forgotten yeah. north suburb of uh, Seattle. So tell us more about London Bridge Studios. Exactly. I mean, London Bridge has, has been around. It's still a great, vibrant studio. There's three producers there, Jeff Ott, Jonathan Plum, and Eric uh, Lillivoss, uh, who who operate it now, and it's been in operation since uh, the mid '80s, and I think 
probably most famously were Pearl Jam 10 and Temple of the Dog recorded, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, um, and as well as more national acts that sort of came to Seattle to try to get that sound after those albums blew up in the, the early 90s. And, and what I found interesting through this is I was looking at the names of the brothers who started the studio in 1985, um, Rick and Raj Parashar. And I was looking at that last name. I was like, wow, I don't feel like, uh, and I looked a little more into them. So they're, they're Indian American brothers. And then Rick went on to, I mean, he produced for Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains, but they also went on to um, work with like Three Doors Down and Nickelback and I think won some Grammy Awards and they were based in Seattle. But also what I find interesting about their stories, I feel like you don't hear a lot of Indian Americans uh, in the rock realm and and um, being recognized for their work. Rick passed away, I think, in, in 2014 um, from natural causes, but um, I thought that their story, gosh, I want to dig more into their story after reading this little blurb about them. I, I, I do as well. I wonder how they came to sort of, you know, open the space and really become really the go-to place where where Seattle bands would go when they're really ready to, to step up and do sort of a major label type big sounding record. Okay, so then this next one, it's kind of a two-in-one <laughs> <laughs> space uh, kind of in, in, in Ballard. Or is it Freelard? Freelard? Yeah, yep, yep, <laughs> Freelard, exactly. Uh, so tell me about Triangle, Reciprocal, John and Stu's, <laughs> The Hall of Justice. <laughs> like so yeah. many different names. Yeah, this got the, this got the double truck, the, the big center uh, spread in the book, and that's because, I mean, really my, my fascination with studios started with discovering the studio when I was 16 and visiting friends in Seattle. They lived a couple blocks from this place. And they said, Hey, do you, do you know that Pearl Jam recorded in a building down the street? And I, and I was sort of like, Oh, okay. Yeah. They're, you know, they're trying to entertain me. You know, I, I wasn't sure I believed them. Um, so they walked me down to this, this building and it was just falling apart. No windows, the paint was peeling and, and it's like, Hmm. And of course, this is pre-internet, so being able to research these things was was limited. But yeah, over time, I discovered that, yeah, it was a studio. It was still in operation. And this is really, I would say, the the soul of Seattle's recording scene. The building itself was built in 1914. And then in 76, it became a studio called Triangle Studios. And... Then I would say sort of most famously um, became reciprocal recording in the 80s. And it was where Nirvana Bleach was recorded. Also where Pearl Jam cut their first demos before they were actually Pearl Jam. Slater Kinney recorded their Harvey Danger. And then at some point around 2000, Chris Walla from Death Cab for Cutie and Barsook Records bought the space and it became the Hall of Justice. And since then it's enjoyed a really long run um, and actually the building has been remodeled in the last 10 years um, so now no longer looks as run down as it once did and it's a great functional studio that Chris Wallace still still runs and uh, there's just a lot of um, there's a lot of history there and, and it's interesting because now I'm looking at it at a map. So I used to kind of live in this neighborhood and I have driven by many, many times and never noticed it. It's right by the Fred Meyer in, in Ballard. And 
Yeah. I Now I'm looking at a photo of it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've driven by this so many times and have never noticed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it's amazing. One of the Probably one of the funnest moments in this this project was digging through those old photos at the State Archive and coming across this crisp photo of this building when it was Triangle Drugs and Groceries in 1937. And, you know, it was had all this great signage and windows in the front, and you could tell it was just sort of a neighborhood hub in a previous life. Okay, so this next one um, is Egg Studios, which I hear got its name from egg crates being on the walls for, as I'm guessing, for like <laughs> audio oh, yeah. sonics treatment. Oh yeah, <laughs> or it's, buffering. It's, it's the it's the classic uh, studio. Yeah, let's just throw some egg cartons on the wall. Yes, the studio is is no longer there. The house is there. So um, the man behind the studio was Conrad Uno. And he recorded so many records. Presidents of the United States, Fastbacks, Flop, Young Fresh Fellows, Mud Honey, The Posies. If you're going through Seattle records from the 80s and, and 90s, the name Egg comes up all the time. And it was just a studio he had in his basement. And he kept doing it through, I think, about 2017 and continued to be mostly analog-based and always an affordable place to record. Millions of peaches, peaches for me. Millions of peaches, peaches for free. All right, so the next one is a vast classic uh, in Seattle <laughs> in, in kind of the Green Lake neighborhood. Tell me more about Avast. Avast, so Avast is still around. It's now in another location, um, which will be in volume two of the book coming out sometime. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Avast is, so uh, Stuart Hollerman is the man behind Avast, and he's just one of these guys that's behind all things recording in Seattle. This studio was just, again, kind of a, a humble space. It used to be a, a mechanics garage, and it got converted into a studio, and was just sort of a, a workhorse of the uh, of the music scene for a long time, and looks like um, uh, it's produced records by Soundgarden, Built to Spill, Slater Kinney, Death Cab for Cutie, The Shins, Band of Horses, and many others. So then the next one is Studio Litho. Tell me more about this space. Uh, Studio Litho. So this is. This really sort of fits the theme. It's it, This studio is in the heart of Fremont, um, Seattle neighborhood. And you look at the building and it's brick and concrete blocks. And the front says professional engravers and sort of faded paint. And you think, okay, is that is that really a store? What's up with that? Uh, so that's actually Studio Litho. And that is a studio owned by Stone Gossard of Pearl Jam and Brad, Painted Shield. And... Again, it's just one of these studios that has been around producing records. I can't even count the number of records that that have been done there. But yeah, it's just a it's a great space. <laughs> one of the cool details again about this one is that it's been around since 1929 and it used to be a grocery type thing called Fremont Malt Shop. So, again, it's had all these different past 
past lives. And again, I used to live in Fremont and I've driven by this so many times and it's by uh, Brower's Cafe, which I absolutely love and revel and I have never noticed it. <laughs> yeah, yep, maybe Rudy's Barbershop right there as well. Exactly, yes. Okay, so then um, second to last that's in this book is Soundhouse in North Ballard. Tell me about Soundhouse. Soundhouse, yeah. This, so this is again you'd you'd miss it if you know if you didn't know what you were looking at. But this is right along Fifteenth, and it's sort of in the back lot behind a house. And unlike other studios in the collection, this was actually built to be a studio. So it's it's a bit more functional than some of the others. And this one is the current home of uh, Jack and Dino, who's a legendary Seattle producer for Nirvana and others. And this is just one, I, I would say it's it's been a favorite of mine and, and other engineers in Seattle. It's a great studio if you're a freelancer. So you you know rent out the studio for a few days and use it to capture some basic tracks. And it's just been used many, many times by, by, by many people. Some of the folks that have done records here, the Posies, Car Seat Headdress, Long Winners, Black Tones, Gas Huffer, Sonics. Yeah, that's kind of the scoop on Soundhouse. I feel like the Sonics make an appearance a lot in this book. They do, they do. That's, that's the thread. I love making these like little, little uh, connections. All right, so finally, Uptone Records in Tacoma. Tell me about this one. Yeah, I love this one as well. So it's just this kind of strange cinder block building that overlooks the port of Tacoma. And this one has always caught my eye because there's the there's a big red sign out front that says Upton Electric. And I thought, okay, so what's what's up with that? Is that is the studio name connected to that? What's the deal? So it turns out that this place was an appliance store. Uh, run by this character named Ralph Upton, and he sold sort of used appliances. And at some point, that business went out, and a couple guys named Clint Warner and Wes Warish, I hope, hopefully, I'm saying his name correctly, started this studio, and they decided to put a spin on that name, and they called it Uptone. And it's been a studio basically since the mid '90s, and then recently it got taken over by an engineer named Hunter Lee. And he's got a, just a great collection of gear. It's sort of analog focused. And one of the cool items he has is a collection of Hal Blaine's uh, drums and percussion. Hal Blaine was the drummer for the, the Wrecking Crew. So like, if you want to go and use the, the bells that were used on Good Vibrations, you can, you can do that. I'm picking up Good Vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. This is called Hiding in Plain Sight, Studios of Seattle and Tacoma, a little booklet with kind of images of different studios that you probably wouldn't notice around Seattle and Tacoma. Uh, It was created by KEXP's own Jackson Long. I'm curious, Jackson, when you were making this, what kind of insights did this give you about Seattle music history that you didn't know before? I think one thing was just I was surprised at how many of these places had been neighborhood groceries yeah. or or pharmacies and it sort of uh I think maybe the takeaway is like it's it's hard to find a uh, a place where you can be loud in the city yeah. and so you end up finding these kind of oddball places 
where you can be loud, but also the loud doesn't come into your recording. So it's it's sort of like a very small niche of buildings that that can exist as a as a proper studio. Yeah. Well, again, it's called Hiding in Plain Sight Studios of Seattle and Tacoma. Jackson, thank you so much for um, sharing this uh, history with us. Thank you for the opportunity, Emily. It's been fun. That was Sound and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and consider giving a one-time $20 donation to help support this show at kexp.org slash sound. Thanks for listening.